So Psalm 106, we got up to uh, verse 14 last week, and uh, let's continue and start today in verse 15. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. Never satisfied, always hungry. That's found also back in the book of Deuteronomy. And it's a terrible indictment against the Lord's elect people. They had everything, and yet they ended up with nothing. And every generation ends in apostasy. It'll be the case for the Jews, and mark my words, it'll be the same for the church. And he gave them their request. That's the worst thing that God can do to a person or a people. Just allow them to do whatever they want to do. If you have a child, just allow a child to do whatever he or she wants to do. You wouldn't, of course, but if you did, it'd be an absolute disaster. But sent leanness into their soul in a corporate sense. Always wanting more, never satisfied. 16. They envied Moses also in the camp and Aaron, the saints of the Lord. If you are a Catholic, go to Job chapter 15, or if you came up through the Catholic system, as did Patrick and myself, uh, you were led to believe that only the Church of Rome is able to turn sinners into saints, which of course is incorrect, and uh, due to such a belief, you are given the false impression that... uh, Only certain people are good enough, holy enough, uh, to enjoy communion with God Almighty. But of course the word of God says we are all saints. And uh, it's important to always remind ourselves such a truth. Job 15, 15. Behold, he putteth no trust in his saints. That knocks out Saint Gertrude, uh, Saint Christopher, or Saint John Paul II. All these people, man is his best eights, is altogether vanity. Yea, the heavens are not clean in his sight. Even the heavens are unclean in his sight. Go back to the 106th Psalm. Psalm 106, 16 again. They envied Moses also in the camp. Christ was crucified outside of the camp. And, uh, and Aaron, the saint of the Lord. He also uh, was treated with contempt, going back to the golden calf incidents, which we'll get to shortly. The earth opened and swallowed up Dathan, and covered the company of uh, Abraham, or Abraham. It can be Abraham, or Abraham, Abbey, in a sense of Levi, or Levi, and uh, Abraham is probably the correct pronunciation. Go back to the book of, I think it's Numbers, to get the background to this. So reading through scripture, you're shown time after time the good and the bad. The word of God doesn't milk or doesn't uh, overplay a situation. The word of God tells you how it was, doesn't sugarcoat it, and uh, it's important to get that. Matthew 28, it says, Some of the apostles did not believe, some doubted. Concerning, of course, the resurrection. That's a very honest account of mankind. And that shows the integrity of scripture. Numbers, uh, let's see now, number 16, number 16, and uh, let's pick it up if we may in verse 30. But if the Lord make a new thing, and the earth open her mouth, and swallow them up, 
with all that appertain unto them, and they go down quick into the pit, then ye shall understand that these men are provoked of the Lord. And it came to pass, as he had made an end of speaking all these words at the ground, clave asunder that was under them, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up, and their houses, and all the men that appertained unto Korah, and all their goods. It was a complete washout. They and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit, and the earth closed upon them, and the earth closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. Go back to Psalm 106. So, quick recap. Anybody who's born again as a saint, a church cannot make a sinner a saint. Only God can make a sinner a saint. And that's why it's sinful to pray to dead people, departed people. Even, even if they died in the Lord, it's irrelevant. And here, you've got a throwback to the glory days. But uh, you have to take the good and the bad. And uh, the Lord's elect nation were known to wander from God Almighty. The same is true of the church today. We wander from him. And uh, the earth opened, swallowed up Dathan, and covered the company, more than one of course, of Abiram. And a fire was kindled in their company. The flame burned up the wicked. God is angry with the wicked every day. Go back to number 16. It's a brave man who, who stands for the truth these days and uh, doesn't hold back most of Christendom as you probably all know by now have thrown in the towel but it's also found in other religions as well I saw an interview this past week fascinating the crown prince of Saudi Arabia the uh, most powerful man in the kingdom as it's known a Sunni Muslim has decided to throw out the uh, Hadith doesn't want it, doesn't believe in it and he's being criticised by Muslims and mullahs all over the world and it's caused a real stir in the kingdom and of course what's happened is like in this country all of his mullahs have fallen in line nobody's questioning him because of course you don't bite the hand that feeds you but that's a form of compromise no doubt about it if you speak to Muslims if you go to Speaker's Corner if you know anything about Islam you know that they all take the Hadith very seriously which are a collection of writings allegedly from Muhammad two three hundred years after his death and they put the Hadith not on par, but very near to the Quran. So the compromise is taking place in Christendom, uh, but also, like I say, in Islam. And uh, it be very interesting in the weeks and months and even years ahead as to how this plays out. Number 16, again, this time, let's see now, I want 30, 35. And they came out a fire from the Lord and consumed... The 250 men that offered incense, their uh, worship was no good. Go back to Psalm 106. Strange fire is called elsewhere in the Old Testament. And it's so important to stay sanctified. If you are a saint, we're going to break bread in about an hour's time. And before we do that, we are to confess our sins to God Almighty. Not because we are fearful of losing our salvation. Well, of course not. Uh, but if we break bread without confessing our sins first, we approach the Lord's table with contempt. Uh, you have to be mindful how holy God is. Critical. That feeds into the uh, the mediator, the middleman, which I'll explain shortly. Go back to Psalm 106 if you haven't already. 
And uh, look at 18 again. And a fire was kindled in their company. The flame burned up the wicked. That's a picture of the second death. Now most people don't want to talk about hell anymore. They say it's too offensive. It upsets people. It's too divisive. Or they say this, you'll turn people away from God Almighty. How can you turn somebody away who's already away from him? Makes no sense. You have to be cruel to be kind. You have to speak the truth in love. Don't be a pious, holy and thou uh, hypocrite. But at the same time, you have to be honest to people. And say to people, unless you repent, you should all likewise perish. This is judgment starting at the house of God. Back in Numbers 16. And the wicked... Uh, will be in reference to number one, anybody who's not yet saved, but also number two, in reference to somebody who is saved and isn't walking with God Almighty. I did a recording late last week uh, about witchcraft and rebellion, which I may post tomorrow or Tuesday. And that approaches this topic from a slightly different angle, and uh, you'd be quite surprised what sin is in Scripture, but on top of that, more specifically, what rebellion and witchcraft and also iniquity means in the eyes of God Almighty. You'd be very surprised. 19. They made a calf in Horeb, a calf, an idol, something to worship. And worship the molten, the golden image. So straight away the Jews are guilty of idolatry. John in his epistle says, Children, little children, keep yourselves from idols. That's first John chapter five, the last verse from memory. And idolatry is a wicked merry-go-round. Every religion is known to uh, engage in the sin of idolatry. And the Catholic Church is probably the most guilty of this. They do it in the name of Christianity. And that's one of the reasons, not the only one, but one of the reasons why Muhammad rejected Christianity and his followers. They were living around the 6th century in Arabia. Of course, there's no archaeological evidence to ever prove uh, that Muhammad was in Saudi Arabia, but that's the official Islamic line, so we'll give him that for now. But he was uh, he was living in the 6th century, probably was alive, probably did exist, I should say. And uh, idolatry was all over the place in Europe, Africa, and elsewhere. And it really turned the stomachs of these Arabians, uh, without going too deep into Arabic history, and they just pushed back against it, understandably so. And it's, real, it's a real snare, like I say. It really is a, it's an abomination in the eyes of the Lord. They made a calf in Horeb and worshipped, worshipped, worshipped the molten image. Pretty clear, isn't it? This background to this is you got Moses speaking to the Lord. Go to Exodus this time. And uh, he's delayed. He's having a 40-day, 40 40-night 40 meeting with God Almighty. Just picture that for a few seconds. And the Lord is telling him this, telling him that. And because he's delayed, uh, he's returned back to the camp, picture of the church, picture of Christ delaying in the second advent. Uh, the Jews, type of the church, start to backslide. And uh, because of that, sin enters the camp very quickly. Exodus 32, 32.1 When the people saw that Moses had later come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron. He's their first high priest. And said unto him, Up, make us gods, make us gods, which will go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. So impatient, so ungrateful. He's only been gone for 40 days and 40 nights, like I say. 
could have been forty years as far as they are concerned. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings, which men, along with women, were known to wear in those days, which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. When a man wears an earring today, it doesn't quite look right. I think from memory, I may be wrong when I say this, but I think if a man has an earring in his right ear, that pictures him as a homosexual. If you think about black people in the US, black young men especially, they wear trousers quite low down, uh, almost around their buttock area, and that goes back to prison life. Apparently in the US prison system, uh, if black men go to prison, they have their trousers halfway down or halfway up, and the further down it goes, the more open they are to homosexual sex. And that's why when you meet uh, straight black men in the U.S. especially, they'll tell, uh, especially those from the street, the hood, the crib, as they refer to themselves, they'll say to such young black men, <clears throat> pull your trousers up, or they call, it, they call them pants, of course, pull your pants up. Uh, are you a homosexual? Of course, most young black people don't even know why their trousers are so far down. They do so because, of course, they are open for homosexual relations but of course they don't realize that because they just follow one another but earrings in a man is very unmanly and verse 3 and other people break off their actually when other people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron and he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool fashioned fashion you follow a trend fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a golden calf it's quite possible this wasn't the first time Aaron had done this, not for the children of Israel, post-Egypt, but perhaps pre-Egypt, I don't know, but he knew what to do. And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. They've gone back to polytheism. Monotheists, by definition as a people, going back to Abraham, believed in the one true God. And here they are saying, this image isn't just one God, but many gods, polytheism. That's how society always goes. They start off as monotheists and they start to drift into polytheism. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Such blasphemy. He's built an altar. But before that, he's created a golden image, a golden calf. The Jews are now taken over and they're saying, These are the gods, thy gods. Not one God, but many gods. O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And Aaron builds on that, and he even goes further than that. He says, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Compromise. Mm. He's doing what you find in Christendom. I'll explain that more in a moment. And they rose up early on the morrow, the following day, and offered burnt offerings, and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink, and rose up to play like an orgy. So the Jews are worshipping this false deity, this false idol, and doing so through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excuse me, yeah, Lord Jesus Christ in type. This would be a Christophany, of course, but they're doing so, or they're offering it in the way of Jehovah, of course, from our point of view, through the Lord Jesus Christ, post this incident, but they are doing so in vain. This is condemned throughout the Old Testament. 7. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go get thee down for thy people, that's a bit of a sting, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf, golden calf. 
and have worshipped it, and have sacrificed thereunto, and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. That's one of the most serious sins in Scripture. Go back to Psalm 106 that a person can commit. It's like uh, having a table, for example, or having a car, or a watch, or a phone, whatever you want to whatever you want to use it or whatever situation you want to try and compare it with and saying that is God Almighty or this or that is my God it gets pretty sad when people do that uh, 106 106 uh, 20 thus they change their glory into the similitude of an ox that eateth grass similitude, lightness, resemblance it's uh, a picture of man going backwards uh, Romans 1 speaks about this they start to worship the creation not the creator this is paganism this is humanism a big part of the uh, issue today in the UK especially is a throwback to uh, heathenism worshipping nature go to Romans 1 like I say and uh, you'll find it starts with young people Sometimes young girls, they get into uh, veganism, then they get into animal rights, then they get into uh, uh, witchcraft, which feeds into uh, paganism, the worship of nature. Uh, the best way to understand this is to watch the Wicker Man, the original Wicker Man, early 1970s. It's a very powerful movie. It's set in Scotland, and a police officer who's a Christian goes to investigate I think a missing child from memory arrives in this derelict or this not derelict he, he arrives in this isolated island off the coast of Scotland and of course it's a trap they've trapped him and uh, I, won't, I won't tell you how it ends there's a <laughs> don't spoil the movie line but so he gets trapped in this island it's a pretty horrific conclusion to his uh, trip to the island but it's a very powerful picture of Society going back to heathenism, going back to the original Canaanites, uh, going back to what civilization was pre-Christianity, or for the Jews, pre-their arrival in the Promised Land. Happens so easily, and we're seeing it in the UK today, and probably in the US and Europe, wherever you are in the world today. Romans 1, 18, pick it up from there. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. They've got it. They hold it. But they suppress it, of course. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. They've got revelation. They've got creation. They've got the conscience. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead. So that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God. They glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful. Uh, back to Exodus and uh, Numbers. But became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Aaron also gets caught up in this trap. And yet the flip side to this is he's called the saints of the Lord. The saints of the Lord. This gets into the two parts of the Christian. <coughs> the two natures of the believer. Profess themselves to be wise, they became fools. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things like a calf like a bird 
like a snake, take your pick. <clears throat> Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness of the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Now here we go. Who changed the truth of God into a lie. I always think of evolution when I read this. And worship and serve the creature more than a creator who is blessed forever. Amen. They take the second commandments and elevate it over the first. Uh, love your brother as yourself, the brotherhood of man, the fatherhood of God, that sort of a thing. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections, plural, not just one, but many. For even their women, women, to change the natural use into that which is against nature. Again, it's against, it's against nature. It's not right for man to worship trees, run around naked, go to these nude beaches, that sort of a thing. Take all their clothes off or pornography, for example. That's not natural. Or to give your children new age names, that sort of a thing. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman, burning the last one toward another. Men with men. Working that which is unseemly and receiving themselves that recompense, payback of their error, which was meat up until quite recently. It was HIV AIDS and uh, the average life of a homosexual some years ago I read was about 42. Yeah. Contrast that to a heterosexual being 72. And even as they did not like to uh, retain God in their knowledge. Yeah, like, uh, get away from me, you Bible basher, that sort of a thing. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. There's no turning back from this. T to do those things which are not convenient. And here we go, 29 down to 32. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, dis uh, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God. That's seen 24-7 on the streets, in the schools. In society, despiteful, proud, pride month, just being and gone, boasters, uh, people showing off their wealth, extravagant living, so on and so forth, inventors of evil things, uh, movies, documentaries, uh, AI, inventors of evil things, uh, manipulating people, disobedient to parents, that's all over the world, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, going back to 18, 19, 20, that they which commit such things, going back to uh, 29, 30 and 31, are worthy of death, the wages of sin is death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. They enjoy watching people being tortured to death. Go back to Psalm 106, they enjoy uh, pornography. Or they enjoy uh, snuff movies. Or they enjoy uh, people treated very badly. Or these reality shows where they humiliate people on there. And uh, people really have an awful time of it. I can think of a couple of UK TV shows. Jeremy Kyle was one. Guy went on there and uh, he was berated by the host, uh, Jeremy Kyle. And it was so bad apparently that the guy killed himself. And yet Kyle was able to rebuild his career. Or someone like uh, uh, Morgan. What's that other guy? Springer. No, the other guy. Uh, he's on talk radio. Piers, Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan, yeah. Lied about British soldiers in Iraq. Yeah. He faked photographs of them during the Iraq war. And that was pretty serious. 
and he got away with it. He got away with it. And uh, again, inventors of evil things, that sort of a thing. And people are destroyed when they go on television and are humiliated. Of course, don't go on television if you want my advice. Uh, 20 again. Thus they changed their glory, made the image of God into the similitude of an ox that eateth grass. They've degraded themselves. They want to be part of the animal world. You find that in uh, uh, schools, obviously, evolution especially. You find it on the streets. I can think of a couple of famous vegans, one in the UK, one couple in Australia, all over the, all over social media. And they think that man is an animal. They think man is a mammal. Again, if you throw out creation, if you teach young people we come from animals, what do you expect people to think or say? Of course, we're not mammals, we're not animals, we're humans, we're homo sapiens, we're made in the image of God. Of course, these vegans who are real activists, not all vegans are activists, you understand, but these, these are real hardline atheist uh, activists who are fighting for the rights of animals over people. You can't do that. Or at least be consistent, stand up for the children who are being aborted. Fight for them as well as the animals. They won't do that, of course. But here the Jews, the Lord's people, are guilty of degrading uh, de uh, de uh, themselves on the one hand and uh, going back to heathenism and worshipping animals and uh, animals that eat grass. Can it get any worse than that? Yes, it can. 21. They forget God their saviour, which had done great things in Egypt, and he certainly did, wondrous works in the land of Ham, and terrible things by the Red Sea, terrible, like awesome, as the Americans like to say, awesome, they say. Ham, now we've got three sons here of, uh, no, we've got Ham, Shem, and Japheth, and Ham is the black man, Shem is the Oriental, he's the spiritual man, Japheth is, of course, the Caucasian, he's your European, he's the uh, son, if you will, who conquered the world, but is also guilty of the sins of the world. Uh, wars, famine, mostly goes back to the US, the UK, interfering in countries, affairs, so on and so forth. But Ham, of course Ham, the Ethiopian eunuch, uh, Acts chapter 8, he got saved the way you and I get saved. Ham believed, number one, was baptised, number two, and went off rejoicing, number three. No tongues involved, no uh, confirmation no hands being laid on him he believed he was baptized he was saved he went off rejoicing black man a black gentile that's a picture of how you and i got saved nobody prayed over me to receive the holy ghost i didn't need to be baptized to be saved in order to speak in tongues after being saved wondrous works in the land of ham going back to the egyptians they are hamites incidentally and terrible things, wonderful things, awesome things by the Red Sea, still there to this day. 23. Therefore he said that he would not destroy them. It doesn't say that. Therefore he said that he would destroy them. You've got to, kept, got, to, got to check this carefully. If you're not reading along with me, I could add words to the text. And sometimes people do that. They do it deliberately to see if you're paying attention. Therefore he said that he would destroy them. Had not Moses, his chosen, stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. Let's really open this up now. The term here, or the ex explanation for this verse in 23, is the mediator, the middleman. 
and uh, you say well do we really need a middleman we certainly do go to uh, Exodus 32 this time but go back to 32 and uh, yeah Exodus 32 Exodus 32 I want to show you a few verses now to really open this up I'll give you three three examples of how a mediator works in everyday life number one you think of a translator we were in Spain some years ago doing an outreach and Patrick got a very nasty chest infection and he went to a hospital in Barcelona our late brother went with him to translate nobody speaks English mm. in this part of Barcelona it's Catalonian of course beautiful part of Spain incidentally and he was there for several hours waiting to be seen and uh, the doctors didn't speak English. Patrick's Catalonian is, is obviously zero. <laughs> Spanish isn't much better. And I think it was actually speaking in Spanish and Catalonian. But here's the thing. Uh, five hours in an A&E, as we call it, or the uh, emergency room, as the Americans call it, is a long time to wait to be seen. And uh, Patrick was explaining to the doctor his issue via the translator, who was in relaying it back to Patrick. And uh, that's a picture of the middleman, basically. Had the brother not been present, it would have been very difficult for Patrick to explain what was going on to the doctors, and even probably harder for them to explain to Patrick what needed to be done. And after, I think, five or six hours in a Barcelona uh, hospital, he was given some antibiotics and he flew home early. Maybe six or seven years ago, I was doing street work, and a Chinese family walked over to Patrick and myself, and uh, they had a very young boy, about five or six, who was translating... I think it was uh, Hokkien or Hokkien or Cantonese from memory. And I was explaining to this very young boy uh, what we do as Christians and what the gospel is. And it went only so far. I mean, a five-year-old, a six-year-old boy can't really explain the deep things of Scripture. I thought, I can't go on any further. So I got my phone out and I phoned our brother in Singapore, who speaks every Chinese dialect uh, known on the face of the earth. And God bless him. And I phoned him up using Viber. And of course, he came on the phone. I said, hi, brother Eric, can you please speak to this brother or this chap? Uh, I can't obviously explain more material to him. I can't go any deeper with this uh, Chinese chap. No problem. Pass the phone over to him. 20-minute conversation. No doubt jumping back and forth from different Chinese dialects. That's a picture of the middle man. Hospital, Patrick. Uh, on the streets with a Chinese person. How about a lawyer? Here's a good example. A lawyer. You find yourself arrested for a crime. You're told to appear at the magistrates the next day or a court, a high court or a, a local court. You understand what I'm saying, of course. And you arrive in the courtroom and uh, you know you're in trouble. You're being prosecuted with a particular crime. Now, you may want to represent yourself if you are good at that, if you know what you're talking about. I wouldn't recommend it, incidentally. Uh, but uh, you get hold of a lawyer or, or a barrister, as they're called in the UK and Australia, and also New Zealand, and your lawyer slash barrister represents you. They'll fight for you. That's what you want. They will fight for you. They'll step in the gap for you. How about a minister? Somebody to bury you. Somebody to marry you. Again, media, uh, a mediator, middleman, it's very common. And without such, you can't do much of anything. I'll give you one final example. How about a GP? How about a general practitioner? If you're sick, and you want to see a specialist, a consultant, you have to go through the GP. Whether it's private or public, it makes no difference. In the UK, if you want to have an operation, you have to go through a GP. You can't go straight to the consultant. 
you have to go through a GP. They will refer you. They act as the middleman between you and the consultant. Exodus 32, and uh, look at verse 11. And Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say for mischief? Did he bring them out to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? That's quick thinking. And that shows the wisdom that Moses had. Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this evil against thy people. That's also a wonderful picture of intimacy. Speaking to God in such a way. Remember Abraham, Isaac and Israel, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thine own self, and saidest unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. He's reminding the Lord of what the Lord has told him. It's a clever way of trying to postpone judgment and uh, plead for mercy. And the Lord repented, changed his mind of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. It's a beautiful picture of Moses as the mediator. Go to the New Testament. Now Hebrews is one of the great examples of how this works in the New Testament. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4 Hebrews chapter 4 and uh, pick it up in verse uh, 14 seeing then that we have a great high priest better than Aaron that is passed into the heavens Jesus the son of God let us hold fast our profession be faithful stand firm our profession we are a royal priesthood we have a heavenly calling. Chapter 3 verse 1. We're part of the house of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the, with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Everything was thrown at the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything imaginable was thrown at him. He was accused of pretty much everything under the sun. Uh, he was accused of being a glutton, a drunkard, a uh, devil. And uh, he was also accused of being born out of wedlock. They said he was guilty of fornication. And of course, none of it stuck. None of it was true. And that's why I always like to remind non-Christians how beautiful the Lord Jesus Christ is and was. Contrast that to anyone else, religious or non-religious. Uh, 16. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So Christ was very God, very man. Very God, he can speak to the Father and the Holy Ghost directly. Nobody else can do so. As man, he spoke to us directly. Nobody else has been able to do so while speaking to God directly. He's the middle man. Another quick example. You're at sea. You're sinking. You're drowning. And you can't get out. Somebody has to call for the lifeguard. And the lifeguard is dispatched. And the R-N-R-N-L-A. Is it R-N-L-A? Uh, the R-N-L-I uh, are really wonderful people in the yeah. UK. They don't get paid. They are volunteers. And they risk their lives 24-7 to rescue people from 
drowning at sea all over the UK. Mm. Australia, New Zealand, Florida, they've got wonderful beaches in those countries, and they are always watching, especially during the peak seasons of the year. And if you're drowning at sea, you'd be a fool to say, no, I'll try and find my own way out of this mess. You wouldn't say that. You'd be desperate for somebody to throw a rope uh, out of a helicopter or more likely to jump into the sea from a, uh, a, from a lifeboat and get you out. And that's why Christ can hold the Lord's hand in a figurative sense and hold your hand in a figurative sense. Figurative sense and that's a gate. That's, that's, a, uh, that's a ladder. It's Jacob's ladder between heaven and earth. You understand, of course. Uh, jump over to chapter 7. Chapter uh, 7. And uh, pick it up in 22. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament, better contract, better agreement. And it really is a much better agreement. If you ever study the Old Testament, it's difficult at times to find grace. It is there, of course. But the emphasis is on doing this and on doing that. 600 plus commandments. If you broke the Sabbath, put to death. Uh, if you back-chatted your parents, put to death. I mean, the bar is so high for the Old Testament. Contrast that to the New Testament. And it's still high for the New Testament. And like I said, I did a recording a few days ago looking at the sin of witchcraft, rebellion and iniquity. And it's pretty, pretty striking stuff. But so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. For they, truly were, uh, for they truly were many priests, because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. That's a real problem for the Mormons, incidentally. They have the Aaronic priesthood, the Melchizedek priesthood. And they think they can claim both uh, priesthoods for their own. And of course they can't. This priesthood is unchangeable and non-transferable. Therefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth, 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 ever liveth, to make intercession for them. Middleman, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And at the same time, uh, he was tired, he was thirsty, he was emotional. Contrast that to walking on the water, giving sight to the blind, healing the lepers, raising the dead, going up to heaven and back four times, at least four times after the resurrection. John 3 says he's in heaven and on earth at the same time. That's a wonderful picture of his deity, but from the standpoint of this morning's message, his mediation, his uh, office of mediator, the middleman, and like I say, if you use analogies or if you accept my analogies I've just given you it makes real perfect sense Hebrews 10 10 10 by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all that destroys Roman Catholicism that destroys the need for the mass they call the mass a sacrifice they say it's a perpetual sacrifice no it is not the mass is a mess <laughs> but without getting too uh, you know too flippant the mass is a non-bloody sacrifice for the old testament going to the new testament uh, sacrifices were, were very bloody i mean christ was whipped and blood came out of his body and uh, it was a real sight to behold there's so much to say about this but for time i won't get too much into this but basically the mass is a cheap carbon counterfeits of the sacrificial system for the old and new testament 
It was literal for the Old Testament. Animals were killed day and night. Christ was killed uh, from around, let's see now, 9 a.m. to what, 3 p.m., six hours on the cross. There was no blood left inside of him when he came off the cross. And here you are sanctified once and for all. Amen. And uh, these verses really should nail down your atonement. 11. And every high priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices for the same people, incidentally, uh, which can never take away sins. It would just cover your sins. wouldn't take them away. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, a one-off act, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth, expect until his enemies be made his footstool. Ultimate, the second uh, advent, we're going into the second death, when he judges everyone and everything. For by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Go back to Psalm 106. So a quick explanation as to how the middleman works, the uh, the mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, and uh, I know for Catholics that's a tough pill to swallow, uh, but you got to swallow it. You got to get it. You got to get it. You got to understand it. Uh, God won't share His glory with anyone else. And uh, if you know Him, if you love Him, as Patrick and I do, you wouldn't want to mess around bringing other people into the mix or the equation. It's not necessary. Uh, Psalm 106. And uh, Psalm 106, and uh, just look at verse 23 again. Therefore he said that he would destroy them. Had not Moses, his chosen, Christos anointed, same sort of a thing, the Lord's anointed, had not Moses, his chosen, stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them like all of the Jews. Now many did get destroyed, but not all. Moses stepped up time after time and turned away the wrath of the Lord. I've shown you a few examples this morning. And Christ, day and night, is standing up for us, saved people to turn the Lord's wrath away from us. Now, we're already saved, of course. But the wages of sin is death, and if you live after the flesh, you, sh you shall die. 1 Corinthians 11 says, Don't come to the Lord's table with unconfessed sin in your life, in your hearts. If you have a, a grudge against somebody, forgive that person. If you're upset about this or that, just get over it. Just get over it. And we'll never know, this side of heaven, how many times God has stepped, how many times Jesus Christ has stepped in to intercede for us and to turn away the wrath from God Almighty, being his Father, of course. And thank God we have a mediator who stands up for us. Not only the Holy Ghost, Romans 8, but the Lord Jesus Christ, Hebrews 3, Excuse me, Hebrews 4, Hebrews 7, Hebrews 10. And there are many more, of course, but they are the main three that come to my mind this morning. Uh, 24, yea, they despise the pleasant land. They believe not his word, but murmured in their tents, and hearken not unto the voice of the Lord. This is a reoccurring problem in Scripture. Go back to Hebrews, please. And uh, I think it's John's Gospel. He says, uh, you don't hear my words because you're not of me, not of my father. And uh, it's really as simple as that. If you love me, keep my commandments. But on top of that, if you love me, keep my words. But of course, where are the words of the Lord? Outside of the King James Bible. Yes, there's truth in new Bibles. Don't get me wrong. Of course, you can get saved reading a new Bible. Of course you can. 
But uh, if you're honest with yourself, if you compare the KJV with the ESV, the NIV, the New King James, so-called, or New World Translation, a travesty of a translation, uh, you'll see a huge difference time after time. Uh, Hebrews 3, 3, 18. And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Moses doesn't make it. Uh, Aaron, called a saint, doesn't make it. Miriam, a prophetess, does not make it. All saved. I believe they're all saved. I certainly hope they're all saved anyway. Uh, but uh, they don't go into the promised land due to sin. Miriam, she questions Moses' authority, along with Aaron. Aaron was guilty of the golden calf incident, but not only that, uh, he follows Moses into the uh, incident concerning the stone. Speak to the stone. Speak to the rock, excuse me, speak to the rock. And uh, Moses hits it twice. Uh, a lot of typology in that. Uh, you could say that's also a picture of the priests trying to uh, continue the atonement through the mass, which you cannot do. It's a one-off act. And these people got a lot to answer for at the judgments. Uh, 106, Psalm 106. Let's pick up a few more and then we'll close. 106, uh, 26. Therefore he lifted up his hand against them to overthrow them in the wilderness. And like I say, many were just wiped out. To overthrow their seed also among the nations, the Gentile nations, and to scatter them in the lands. They joined themselves also unto Baal Peor, and at the sacrifices of the dead, ate the sacrifices of the dead. That's pretty wicked. Uh, go to Numbers 20. Let's see now. Numbers 25. Let's see. Yeah, 25. This is a good one. Numbers 25, 25. Uh, pick it up in verse 1. And Israel abode in Shittim. And all the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. That goes back to Lot's daughters, of course. And another sad story of a saint of the Lord. Lot was a saint, a saved man. And of course, the background very briefly, uh, the Lord has destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, a complete wipeout. And uh, due to that, uh, they produce offspring, which are not legitimate enemies of Israel, which will continue all of Israel's existence. But I always like to remind people that, to be fair to Lot's daughters, they didn't know that uh, civilization was still existing outside their little circle. They thought the whole world had been just wiped out like Noah's day. So they're not completely to be blamed. And what they did was sinful. Of course, it's incest. But it's just worth reminding ourselves that in their minds, they thought, we've got to start all over again, like Noah and Co would do. Which wasn't the case, of course. And on top of that, they had to get their father intoxicated. It wasn't just, yeah, come over girls, let's get busy. No. Because even Lot, as a backslidden Christian in type, even he wouldn't just go along and do what he did with his daughters. They had to get him drunk, and it was one after the other. And of course they conceived seed. Two, and they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods. And the people did eat and bowed down to their gods. It just gets worse, doesn't it? And Israel joined himself unto Baal Peor. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel it's like really burning inside of him husband's jealous of his wife stepping out on him 
wife jealous of her husband stepping out on her that's what the lord is really all about he has a godly jealousy or you got children have you got grandchildren have you how would you feel if they never gave you the time of day but gave everyone else the time of day but didn't give you the time of day it would cut deep wouldn't it and the lord said unto moses take all the heads of the people the ringleaders heads of the family and hang them up before the lord against the sun that the fierce anger of the lord may be turned away from israel just string them up make them an, make them an example and moses said unto the judges of israel slay ye every one his men that was joined unto baal peor just kill them all the guilty of high treason which is what this is and it continues down and it just gets worse and worse and worse and uh, go back to psalm 106 so every generation is purified in a sense and eventually someone like joshua goes into the promised land and maybe one or two others from the days of moses but that's about it really or contrast it to the new testament you've got christ healing thousands of people over what three and a half years and how many people in the upper room 120 that's the reality of this situation you may start out with the lord but do you finish with him it says many of his disciples walked no more with him John 666, count the sixes, 666, apostasy. They went out from us because they were not of us. Had they been of us, they would have continued to stay with us, but they went out that it may be demonstrated, that it may be made clear they were none of us. They were not of us, never us to start with. Go back to Psalm 106 and uh, look at verse 29. Thus they provoked him to anger with their inventions. There's that word again, inventions, evil inventions screenplays movies documentaries songs lyrics i saw a clip a few days ago of lady gaga singing some weird songs and the lyrics i mean just so wicked but so clever i mean the melody line the rhythm section it was so catchy but the lyrics are so deceptive and she's got a very good voice as well she can really belt the belt the lyrics out of her you know out of her mouth she's a great singer uh but what a strange mixed up devil possessed woman and she really is devil possessed she's even said over the years she has a spirit that she speaks to that guides her and katie perry another one she has a unclean spirit a split personality as well and the plague break in upon them the plague starts to take hold 30 then stood up phineas and executed judgment type of christ so the plague was stayed he stops it he blocks it again christ steps in it goes back to 30 AD. He's on the cross for, what, six hours. There's pitch black. There's an earthquake. Some of the saints are resurrected. And he steps in and says to the Father, forgive them for they're not what they do. And had he not said that, imagine what would have happened. And uh, that's the first real visible picture of Christ uh, trying to hold the wrath back from God Almighty being the Father, of course. Of course, Jesus Christ is God Almighty as well. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but he's now a priest. And he's interceding for us at the second advent. He becomes the king, priest, prophet, and king. That also gets overlooked by many people. First advent, he's a prophet. Second advent, he's king. Middle parts between then and now, church age, he's a priest. Book of Hebrews beautifully pictures what he's doing for us. He's mediating for us. He's interceding for us. He's filtering our prayers. Yea, nay, delay it, so on and so forth. But ultimately, Phineas here, type of Christ, jumps in and the plague was stayed. It was stopped. It could have spread 
the entire camp. I mean, absolute wipeout. 31. And that was counted unto him for righteousness unto all generations forevermore. One final script and we will close. Romans chapter 4. And we'll come out next week and finish this particular psalm. So for the Old Testaments, uh, you get many pictures and glimpses <coughs> of how grace works. Of course, you're dealing with a theocracy, don't forget. But they're still saved the same way. I mean, it's going to be grace from creation to Calvary and beyond. But of course, that old cliche, how they look forward to the cross, is incorrect. They didn't look forward to the cross. God looked forward to the cross. And God looks back to the cross. But not man. That's not Bible at all. Romans 4, let's pick out a few passages and we will close. Verse 1. What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham are justified by works, he hath well of the glory, but not before God. This is what delineates us as Christians, more other religious groups on the face of the earth. We are the only people that I can think of that have a perfect atonement, which I know for sure is the case. But on top of that, we are the only people I can think of that are pardoned completely, exonerated, uh, unconditionally, by what someone has done for us. That really gets up the noses of religious people. And even Abraham is no exception. He got saved long before offering up uh, his son Isaac. Long before that. 3. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God. And was counted, counted unto him for righteousness, imputation. Now to him that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace but of debt. Which is what every other religion teaches. But to him that worketh not, that's you and I, Abraham too. But believeth. On him that justifieth the ungodly, that's you and I, the wicked, before we were saved, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man, unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, and whose sins are covered. Blessed is that man, blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. So even here, uh, Romans 1 down to 6, 7, 8 and further down. It says he's forgiven. Uh, his sins are covered. But uh, even that isn't the whole story. Because our sins have been taken away. Our sins have been paid for. Their sins were covered. But they weren't completely cleared. And that's why Christ had to go into the ground. And scoop up the righteous dead. In fact before he went into the ground. They couldn't go to heaven upon death. They were saved. Luke 16, 19 down to 31, uh, with uh, Abraham, of course, waiting for the Lord to go and get them. But they couldn't leave that area because Christ hadn't yet paid for their sins. Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only, there's the Jews, or upon the uncircumcision also, there's the Gentiles. For we say that faith, and I mean faith, was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. That obliterates Islam, Judaism, Catholicism, and all other faiths on the face of the earth. How was it then reckoned when he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. And he goes on to build on that message that he's saved by his faith, as are we. And someone like Phineas was declared righteous based on his faith. He saw what was going on. He stepped into the breach, as would Moses, as would Messiah. The plague is stayed, it stopped as Moses would do so, as Messiah is still doing. Just think how many people over the years that are saved 
and not living right, should have died many years ago and are still with us to this day. But going back to the complexity of the saints, Aaron, the saint of the Lord, but he's guilty of idolatry. He's guilty of uh, contempt, but he's still called the saints of the Lord. Many years after his death, Psalm 106, it goes back to all of your colourful characters in Christendom today. I won't name anybody particularly, but there's, all, there's always been people over the years that have gone into all sorts of stupid sins, wicked sins, compromising, this and that. And you say to yourself, they can't possibly be saved. But that's a mistake that people make about Lot and uh, Aaron and other people through Scripture. And they were saved. And uh, Saul, King Saul, and uh, even Samson who committed suicide so don't be too quick to judge people's salvation but we'll close it there and uh, Lord willing come out next week and try and finish this uh, study in a third and final uh, KJV study and we'll close it there in Jesus name Amen <laughs>